Welcome to NFT Sundays, a weekly conversation around art and technology, brought to you by Dementi and the Museum of Crypto Art. Uh, tell me what, what you're seeing, what you're feeling, uh, and then, you know, we'll dive into all that you've been doing. Yeah, man. I mean, right now I'm seeing a lot of, of interesting use cases and projects in the NFT landscape. You know, the one I'm most excited about this week is Geno Pets. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. I don't know that oh. one. So so Geno Pets is, is, is fascinating because what it does is it says, you know, one, I'm going to show you how to, you know, use an NFT um, and mint an NFT using Solana. But ultimately, the goal is to create a Geno Pet. So the, the whole premise that they're they're going for is move to earn and and what that is is this whole concept that you have to move around to earn points and grow your your geno pet which is ultimately an nft so think like tamagotchi meets pokemon go meets like apple fitness uh activity goals cool. it's all in one and it's all connected on the blockchain they've got an app you download it's on ios and android and uh, you, you mint your, your Geno pet, you, you go out, you hit your move goals and your, your pet grows and, you know, you can get very rare traits by being super consistent. And you can also sell your Geno pets to make a little bit of a crypto income. So it's a uh, it's, it's a fascinating project. It's 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 coming together. They're launching this week. So as far as things I'm looking at in the NFT space that I'm actually kind of excited by, I like this because the impact here is. You know, it's a net positive, right? People get to play a game, but they also get to be healthier by uh, by way of playing the game. And it also encourages people to learn about NFT. So you can't get mad about that. I love it, man. And you know what always impresses me is how you are just on it. You're always on like the hot new thing. You see the thing. So I'm super curious, you know, how do you begin to get your information? Man, you know what I do? Uh, well, for people that are asking me that question, I always tell them to start off with this right here. Go get the NFT handbook. I put all of the vernacular and all of the, the, the terminology and just beginnings that you need to know on you know how to buy, create, or collect NFTs uh, right there in the book. And then as far as staying relevant, you know, there's obviously so many things you can do from being in Discord communities to uh, Twitter to uh, just, you know, following artists and, and just, you know, being a part of the, 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 I would say the trend. For me, what I personally do is I just follow the creators, right? Like I've been in the space long enough to kind of know, you know, who's on the scene, you know, who's who, who's connected. And I try to make it easy for people too by uh, posting some of what my stuff on my own Twitter feed. And, and, and then I've got like a site, nftqt.com where I post, you know, just things that are I find fascinating. And I understand that NFTs can be super overwhelming. So what I always recommend people is, you know, one, get a baseline understanding of what an NFT is and, and how it can impact, you know, your industry, and then go pay attention to things that you care about. Like there's so many different verticals and, and, and variables in NFTs from everything from sports and gaming to, arts and crafts to, uh, you know, DAOs, which, you know, are taking the tokens and then, you know, almost evolving it into some type of, of governance structure where it feels very similar to the voting rights and companies. So there's just so many things. And it doesn't matter if you're a sports geek, a nerd or, you know, a business uh, tycoon, you can find your area and, and quickly learn by doing here. 
It's such a good point, right? The versatility of NFT as a digital rapper to be almost anything. Um, yes. What, what I'm su super curious to hear from you is, you know, what, when were you hooked? What got you? Like, when did you get it? Well, you know, for me, I started one of the first digital art marketplaces back in 2015 known as 23Vivi. And at that point, you know, I'm this black kid in Wisconsin telling people to buy digital art. And, you know, we were on the Bitcoin blockchain, so we didn't have a lot of the, the smart contracts that you now are afforded with the Ethereum and, 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 other, um, and, and other derivatives of that. And so where I was just kind of enamored was the whole concept of digital scarcity, right? I saw what had happened with Bitcoin and the whole concept where people could, you know, own this currency that was defensible by nature of this, this, this instrument known as a blockchain. And I was just like, the blockchain's cool for currency, but like digital collectibles are so much more fascinating to me because I don't think this Bitcoin thing will ever replace money, but I, I, I do see it replacing, you know, music i do see it replacing movies i do see it replacing dot psds like why would i ever use a psd if i could have an nft right and and i mean obviously i understand like you know file compatibility and formats but at the time that's how i was thinking about it and so i was like we need to like make this available right now and again ethereum hadn't even been created yet so yeah. there was a lot of uh a lot of a lot of a lot of headwinds that we met that basically pushed us back and we had to go back to the to the, the bunker and you know i went and worked in the healthcare industry for a few years and then this thing known as the nft on manifested the ones that we we transact and trade today and it turns out a lot of the skills that we learned back then are still um here today so i uh i hopped back in and, and here i am what do you begin to tell people that are interested in uh accessing this space um, where do they need to, to begin? Uh, you know, they can obviously pick up the book, get the book. Um, you know, how, yeah, if, yeah, go ahead. No, I think for access and, and when it comes to NFTs, I think it all starts with, you know, you want to build up a little bit of a, a surplus of crypto, right? Like if you're not already, you want to probably start dollar cost averaging, you know, as soon as you possibly can into crypto. So that way, when it's time for you to really start to move, um, you're not held up by the bottleneck of, oh, I need Ethereum or, oh, I need, you know, um, Solana or I need, you know, whatever the, the token is that you're 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 trying to uh, you trying to participate on. Right. And so what I end up doing is I just tell people like, hey, spend like your first three to four weeks just learning. Right. And just watch passively. I know you're going to see projects and drops. You might miss out. It's okay. Like you're you're in the learning phase, and and yeah. and once you've basically been primed and you feel like pretty comfortable when you can follow along with the chats and what's going on, then I would say you know definitely get you a wallet and you know put some crypto into that wallet. And I I recommend people you know buy you know a couple of free NFTs off OpenSea because you can you can you can hit the the ticker and you can set the price to free. And then, you know, you can start to build a collection, right? You're going to pay the gas, of course, but you're going to now understand, you know, what it what like, you know, accepting and uh, the transactions where you get the prompts and you're going to understand kind of how the, the, the ether scan works. You'll see those IDs like you'll get familiar with the tools of the trade by doing. Then once you have done that, I recommend, you know, probably minting something yourself. Um, I think OpenSea 
or any of the sites have, you know, pretty straightforward linear ways to to mint something. And, you know, if you can sell it, sell it. If not, I would say, you know, give it away for free. Tell your friend about it. And, and you know, now you've got a friend and yourself and you guys are going back and forth with the wallet. But then after that, once you've got a wallet and you understand it, go, go, go have fun. Like there's there's nothing wrong with trying things out like this industry is so new that if you try something and it doesn't work, don't be discouraged. You just learn that that didn't work, but keep iterating, because if you find something that does, the payouts that can oft, oftentimes be massive, as you've seen, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's such a good point, right? It's like you have to understand the fundamental uh, mechanism of this system, which is, of course, blockchain. Yes. Uh, so if you don't understand the difference between, you know, a private and public key, if you don't understand what it means to secure that, if you can't make, you know, a transaction on a blockchain network, if you don't understand what the difference between, you know, Ethereum, Solana and Tezos is, uh, you know, you have to effectively walk before you can run. Um, For sure. And, you know, we've had kind of years of that training, so perhaps we do take it for granted. Um, talk to me maybe like about the, the future of the medium and really what excites you. Yeah. So if you're a beginner and you're just looking at NFTs and you're like, you know, where is this going? I, I like to liken it to that of um, the the typewriter when it met, you know, Microsoft Office or Word at the time, right? So you have Microsoft Word, which allows you to write a, you know, a Word document or a document on your computer and then print it out. And then like now you can effectively do uh, what you could have done before with a typewriter and maybe some whiteout. Hmm. Um, the typewriter was cool. It was very tactile. You know, you put your paper in, you get what you get out. Now you've got like this written document that's typed. But the efficient, if efficiencies weren't really there in the sense of like, if you wanted to transition that that document uh, elsewhere, or you want to send it somewhere, like you had to put it in the mail and there was just like a lot of steps. What Microsoft Word is, it, is it created a format, right? So the dot doc or the dot doc uh, X is, is probably what we're using today. And now it's just all online in the cloud. But the dot doc created a, a format that could be easily understood and read. So Colburn, mm. I'm sure you remember this, but we, me and you are at our early, early, early years. We still hand it in papers yeah. via paper. Yeah. Like, you know, you put the paper in the in the basket and uh, your, your, your teacher would be like, okay, I'm collecting essays today. You, you staple your stuff and turn it in, and that was that. And then by the time we got towards graduation, there was no more papers and baskets. There was upload your, your document to the, the, the Dropbox or whatever your, your, your school system used. And there was a fundamental difference there. That doc doc that allowed you to just upload it online um, they had plagiarism checkers. They could mm. know when you turned it in. So there was no lost documents. It was, you know, like you didn't, you, you probably had auto save, So you didn't lose your paper if the power went out. And there was a lot of efficiencies that were gained. I look at NFTs in very much a similar way, right? Yeah. The old analog era was digital files, no true scarcity, no true identity, mm. no real soul. Mm. Post NFTs, a document that's digital or a image or any digital file that exists now has the opportunity to be an NFT. And once it's an NFT, there are smart contracts and optional uh, optionality that is built into some of those smart contracts that'll afford us 
possibilities we cannot even fathom today. Yeah. No one would have ever thought the typewriter, when you typed a document, there would automatically be an element where it would check all your grammar or it would it would it would check for plagiarism. Yeah. We saw that with the dot doc X in the in the uh, the format change, right? So Microsoft Office was the catalyst at which we were able to get that. We're now in an era where this is very much the same thing. Like we have this. I mean, I know I, I technically technically speaking, this is not correct, so don't follow it. But it's a great mental model. And NFT is just a, a dot extension, right? Like the yeah. same way if I say let's make digital music, and you're like, okay, let's get the MP3s or let's get the WAV files. And when I say let's go create digital files that have value and scarcity, you should think .NFT, yeah. right? And that makes it much easier to communicate and, and think about the future possibilities without getting into the weeds of smart contracts and metadata and, and JSON and, 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 and APIs and all that. Because I think that when we as techies talk that, we get it, but we've had years of training and understanding to, to get there. If I tell my grandma that I'm making a .doc, or a dot doc UX. She's like, oh, okay, you're in Microsoft Word. Yeah. Okay, I, I save it. I know how to work with that format. If I tell my grandma I'm sending her an MP3 or an MP4, she'll understand it. I just need to get across that barrier and say, this is a dot NFT. And like that file protected, it's scarce. I can't copy it. I can't duplicate it. And if you lose it, you lose all your money. Yeah. Fire, man. Um, it, and it just goes back to, right? Like certificate of authenticity provable provenance and then like open access market system to buy sell i think uh you know adobe hinted at it right like export as nft um just as simple as that right like a one click yeah, button yeah. as a file format dude, uh, dude and we're gonna get there yeah. we're already starting to see big companies start to think about what their nft strategy is it's only been our year but like you know when microsoft word first came out you know people were kind of stuck. They were like, well, what do we do with the Word doc? And, you know, some people were even like writing it in Word, saving it, and then typing it on a typewriter to get it out of the computer because they didn't have printers. Yeah. And then printers started to decline in price. And, you know, the ink started to be something that you could buy and bring home. And then that kicked off a whole new revolution where you could take that Word document out of the computer and now you had a physical piece of paper. So, you know, this is always a big question, and this is going to be the last one I hit you with because I know you got to fly. Um, yeah, what's up? Yeah, so, like, for you, uh, because I see you got physical collectibles behind you, like, why, why, don't, why do you still feel ownership when you don't have to hold it, right? Why does that NFT feel real to you? Um, yeah. So, digital ownership is something that... I get it can be tricky to wrap your head around right but i see it as i guess i'm weird in the sense that i see digital ownership is no different than physical it's just you know i have an account or i have a wallet and uh the the, the items are in that wallet instead of in my space as a minimalist you know i'm actually much more uh i much more prefer the 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 digital collectible right like i have a ton of digital movies and lots of digital music that i actually own and have purchased yeah and largely because you know i can take a device i can change a device and there's an interoperability element there where i still have the same collection if i move right now it's a pain to move all of the assets in this house to the next apartment or the next uh, house and so what i think about is you know one this digital world it, it it can feel a little foreign right because you might not have that physical item but because you don't have that physical item 
you get to pick, you know, the device you want to experience that stuff on. So if you want to put your NFT on a, an ultra short throw projector and, you know, project it in your living room, you totally can because it's in your digital uh, wallet. Yeah. If you want to then go and put it on your iPhone or you put it on your ledger uh, hardware wallet, you can totally do that because they're digital collectibles that you can you can you can migrate around pretty effortlessly. And like it's a new way of thinking but like if you've ever played a video game you know when you hop in your account all the things you collected or all the things you've unlocked are right there at your fingertips and it's not much different right with the nft world and so i think that for people that want that tactile experience they want to really be able to unlock you know a physical item and, and that's what they're into you know digital collectibles probably will never be their jam right we're probably yeah. gonna have to make like uh what is it the electronic objects those frames where they put the digital object in the actual physical frame right like the photo frame like those those are tight like i think that that might be something that is a, a great segue but until we make that adjustment i mean i'm i'm of the notion that you know digital is the future it's the wave hop on it become an early adopter and you'll you'll have a very very nice collection to look at you know, 20, 30 years from now. Look, I, I totally agree with you. And I think it goes back to the point is like we sit on that generational divide when things were all physical and then they became digital. So we already had to yeah. go through that learning. The kids younger than us, all they know is digital, right? Yes, yes. Right. They want those digital objects, hey, hey, whether it's Fortnite skins or, you know, Minecraft, whatever hit me. Think about this. It is all digital, right? Yeah. We still remember an iPod shuffle. They yeah. only know Spotify playlist. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. Think about that. The iPod Shuffle was our playlist, right? Exactly. You didn't know what song was coming on. There was no screen. You just had a little uh, shuffle, and then that was a physical. That was still physical for us, right? So it's no different than a Spotify Discover Now uh, playlist, right? It's like you, you don't, you, you didn't know what was coming on your shuffle. You just put some stuff on there and you played it and you went around about your day. But now, like the kids, to your point, they only know like the digital only versions of a lot of the things that we did have a last generation technical possibility. of. Yeah. All right, man. Like, thank you so much for your time. Like, uh, hit the people with some plugs where they can find you. Um, man, you know, I'm always kicking it in the metaverse. You know, that's probably where you can find me nowadays. But if you're if you're in the social sphere, you're in that Web 2.0 era. I guess you can find me on Twitter, Instagram my website, all of my handles are at Q Harrison. And uh, beyond that, if you want to know my thoughts and, and just what I'm working on in the NFT space, you can find me at nftqt.com. Perfect, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Breaking news. 